0: new And Jane bring you So let's talk about it Good morning everyone. This is Fran Lewis from Westchester and we have a guest this morning. Her name is Ida. She's outside. <laughs> the hurricane has hit. New York but that's okay because it's going to be a really fantastic interview Brian Freeman is here and he wrote the born treachery and wait to see what happens with Jason Bornell good morning and welcome back to MJ Network
1: good morning it's always great to talk to you and we'll send some of our Minnesota sunshine out your way
0: oh please do because Ida is not very happy today and we're hoping that she leaves by tomorrow or later but she said she's going to fire up some thunderstorms. I had a word with her and said, "Go away." So, Jason Bourne this is the Bourne Treachery. How did Jason lose his memory, and why did you create the first scene, letting readers know he was set up? That was so cool. Yeah, well,
1: you know, Jason Bourne is such a uh, is, is such a, a, a famous, iconic, you know, character in, in thriller literature, and uh, he he goes back. Uh, more than 40 years at this point. I can't believe that I, I first read Robert Ludlum's The Born Identity back in 1980 when I was all of 17 years old. And uh, certainly if you'd told me back then that, that four decades later uh, there would be books coming out with my name and Ludlum's name on the cover mm. together about Bourne, I, I would have thought oh, it nice. was crazy. But, uh, uh, but Bourne, you know, Bourne, what makes him so interesting as a hero is, you know, he's not – a superhero—he's uh, he, he, fractured, and, and yeah, he's he's lost his memory. If you go back to that original book, *The Born Identity*, that's all about the essence of this this mm. man who, who wakes up and, and has no idea who he is, and yet uh, gradually discovers that he has these very lethal skills, and uh, and and has to spend the book trying to figure out, you know, who is he as a person, and, and is he a killer? Is he a moral man? Mm. And and why? you know, was his memory lost and what happened. And uh, so that, that has always set the stage for, you know, who Bourne is as a character. And, and all these, you know, iterations of him decades later, that's that's still his essence. He's, he's sort of the man with no past. Um, mm-hmm. And when I took over the Bourne series last year with the Born evolution, uh, I wanted to really mm-hmm. go back and, you know, be, be true to Ludlam's vision of the character, and and really, mm. you know, create an authentic Jason Bourne based on on the the, the the man that we meet in the Bourne Identity. So, but of course, you know, you go back to 1980, and and you know, so much of, of Bourne's backstory and and the, the ethos in which Ludlam was writing the book was based on the era of Vietnam and Watergate and and things that. You know, would not really work if you're taking Bourne into 2020 and and trying to make him part of the the, the modern era. So, in in rebooting the series, you know, I, I've kept the idea of of who Bourne is and and his memory loss, but I I, I don't I haven't spent time yet talking about how he lost his memory. Um, because I want that to kind of stay the same from the original book in The Bourne Identity. And as readers, I think you have to sort of understand the nature of time passing along, uh, along the way and the, and the sense that this is, this is sort of a new iteration of James Bourne. You don't really have to have read anything in the past or seen the Matt Damon movies, uh, and, and yet I think you'll, you'll feel this. Connection with born because it's, it's that fractured sense of identity and struggle mm-hmm. that resonates with with people I mean, I think we all ultimately have to make decisions about who we are and and uh, and, and and struggle with our identity and, and that's what uh, that's what born speaks to um, And the other thing about born and, and you, you asked about you know Why in this prologue of the born treachery which takes place nine years ago um yeah. Why? Why did Bourne end up getting set up? And I think that's a that's a really important feature of who Bourne is as a hero is that he he doesn't have a lot of trust in the institutions mm-hmm. around him, and he and he feels rather correctly that that he has been manipulated and betrayed by the very people that, that are, you know, supposed to yeah. be supporting him and and that are sending him out in the field. And so I, I wanted to kinda use that prologue to um to, to sort of set the stage for everything that comes later. That that sense of betrayal, that that, that lack of trust in the people around him. And and the sense that Bourne is is, <clears throat> is not, you know, again, not a superhero. I mean the the, the prologue is a mission in which Born uh Bourne sort of fails spectacularly, and he won't really understand why or what was really going on until uh, until much later in the book.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like he gets blindsided a lot. So why did he didn't realize it, and who is on the team, and then where does he go next, and what is Treadstone? He really got zinged this time, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, uh, Jason, Jason and Treadstone—they they really have this. Uh, Kind of love hate relationship. Um, it uh, and what what's fun too is that you know when when we brought back um, and rebooted the Jason Bourne series uh, uh, last year um, at the uh, Putnam at the same time has been launching an all new series featuring uh, uh, Treadstone and uh, and those books are written by Joshua Hood who's a, a buddy of mine and uh, uh, so uh, Treadstone of course is the uh, for, for folks that've read the Bourne books or seen. The 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 Damon movies. Uh, Treadstone is the shadowy uh, uh, arm of the CIA that that has sent uh, Bourne into the field, and uh, so it's it's still kind of there in in the in the shadows uh, in in my Bourne books as well. And uh, and again, the essence is you know um, you know the the people behind Treadstone always have their own agenda, and uh, those don't necessarily mesh with what they're what they're actually telling boards. So uh, again, he he always kind of assesses every situation through a lot of through a lot of lenses to decide you know what what what's the truth here. And and uh, he's he's in the field because of Treadstone, and yet at the same time he has mm-hmm. to uh, sort of assess things, um, you know, not being sure he's being told the the whole story.
0: But wait till they read the whole story. You're gonna be in shock. Let me tell you. Can't <laughs> tell you that. Yeah, I was like, okay. I had a funny feeling, but oh my god! So, tell us about Kotov? Why did he protect the double agent? Why did he bother to protect him?
1: <clears throat> yeah, Gregory Kotov. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's the he's the Russian double agent that that Bourne is trying yeah. to uh, uh, evacuate from uh, Tallinn, Estonia, in the in the prologue of the book. Uh, and what, what's what's kind of fun about Kotov and, and this is one thing I always try to do in my Bourne books is I, I want to sort of use elements that are drawn from from real life in such a way that uh, even though people know that they're reading fiction, they, they can mm. sort of look at it and go, Yeah, I can I can I can see that happening or or gosh, is that really what's happening behind the scenes? And and so the the character of, of Kotov, this Russian double agent, was actually sort of inspired by some, some true life events. Uh, I had read uh, a terrific book, um, a nonfiction book by McIntyre uh, called The Spy and the Traitor, uh, which is about a, uh, a Russian double agent named Oleg Gordievsky, who um, was the head of the, uh, the, the um, KGB London bureau and yet at the same time was feeding uh, Russian secrets to the Brits for years. And ultimately, the Brits had to uh, uh, had to orchestrate a, a very dramatic, courageous. Uh, rescue of uh, Gordievsky to get him out of Russia, and uh, uh, and that's what McIntyre's book is about. So I, I love the idea of of this. This double agent and this attempt to uh, to, to to get him out when the, the Russians find out about him and that was sort of what inspired the idea uh, of Kotov in this book. But of course, uh, things don't work out in Tallinn uh, quite the way Born expects them to. Uh, or yeah, today. Uh, again, you never you never quite know if what you're seeing on the surface is what's really going on. That's the, that's the the fun and the challenge of Bourne Born books is so there are usually layers within layers of conspiracy.
0: And That's my job to figure out what they are. Which I did I think. I hope. <laughs> so who are the Slovak the Slovakiki and what part do they play? I don't know if I like them. Oh the the Siloviki, yes, yes.
1: yes. Like Siloviki, uh, yeah. Are, yeah, the uh the, the Siloviki are the um the, 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 the former members of the Russian KGB who have now taken Ooh. on political roles within Russia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so there's this connection between uh, where things are now in Russia and, of course, where things used to be in the Soviet days. And uh, uh, so that's uh, that's the, the, the group of people that sort of uh, end up wielding a lot of power within Russia and to the extent that uh, – to the extent that they they support Putin and control him, well, then you know nothing. Nothing's going to happen to his control over Russia. So, um, uh, and that's what makes such so an interesting character is he's part of that uh, that mm. assemblage, uh, and and he's theoretically an ally to the uh, to the Russians, and yet behind the scenes he's uh, he's attempting to figure out a way to, uh, to to take the current government down.
0: Well, now we have this surprise. Nova. Well, I'm yes, and I'm I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell people right now, which I, I don't usually do when we're talking, but I'm I'm gonna alert people that this is a tough book to talk about without giving okay. away spoilers, and so that's why uh, that's why I didn't, if, so why I didn't ask the rest I'm of I'm the I'm going to warn people right now that if, if you don't want spoilers about some of the twists inside the book, then maybe you, you want to stop listening and come back and, and listen to the archive later when, when you've read uh, the entire book. So I, that just, this is, I, I recognize it's a tough book to, to talk about in, unless you end up uh, revealing things. And uh, so it, I guess mm-hmm. before we continue, I just want to give people that alert that if they want to uh, avoid spoilers... well. Come back and, uh, mm. and, and check in with us after you've read the book. But, so that well, you don't, you that,
0: don't have to let's, tell let's, the truth about it, because that's, that's why I didn't ask the second question. So we <laughs> could skip right over that and let them figure it out. So, all right, all right. Why, why is he called uh, to set up a protection for Clark Catherine? And yeah, who well, is the question that they he, are not telling him about him? I don't trust this guy either. I don't trust anybody else.
1: Yeah, and neither does Bourne, and that, I think, is very, very, very wise Strategy on yeah. his part because uh, he, he never he, he, no even even those close to him end up betraying him and of course that's one of the the reasons why this book is called the Bourne Treachery um, yeah so uh, yeah so the the, the 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 meat of the book uh, after the prologue which takes place three years earlier the meat of the book takes place in the present when when Bourne is called. Uh, to London uh, to um, to organize protection for an American diplomat named Clark Cafferty who's who's coming to speak in London at the World Trade Organization meeting and uh, and and Cafferty uh, is uh, is a member of the new administration and he's uh, uh, theoretically a, a Russia hawk and uh, uh, and there have been threats against him and there's buzz in the intelligence community that. Uh, an assassin who goes by the name Lenin is gunning for Clark Cafferty. Yeah, and uh, this is, this assassin Lenin actually is the one that was responsible for uh, the debacle in Tallinn three years earlier. Uh, and so they bring in Bourne uh, because he is uh, he, he's very familiar and very motivated in terms of trying to take down Lenin. Uh but once again, you know, what what is born being told and what's really going on, those are two very different questions.
0: Yeah. So what exactly does this guy Gafferty supposedly do? What does he have to do with the environment?
1: Yeah, uh, that's 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 what I, I again in, in uh I always like to have sort of uh uh, real world things going on, and so uh, within mm. this WTO meeting, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of protests about climate change, and uh, a lot of potential violence from environmental terrorists. And and Cafferty himself is, uh, in addition mm. to being a you know, someone brought into the U.S. government, is someone that has a background in. Venture capital and uh, is uh, is is you know sponsoring green energy projects around the world, and of course, in doing so, is, is has made himself a uh, a very 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 rich man. So uh, so uh, Cafferty is there uh, again theoretically to be um, to be speaking to the WTO about uh, green energy programs, uh, and, mm. uh, and and so the question is, what can Bourne do to protect him while he's in that environment?
0: So who is Vadik, and why is he supposed to kill the Russian? And who does he kill instead? Not a very nice man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it, it's always uh, it, it's always fun, you know, creating the uh, sort of the antagonists in in the yeah. novel. <clears throat> uh, Because you know uh, the, the villains can be just as much fun as the, the heroes. Sometimes even more fun. Uh, but uh, Vadik, you, you don't quite know what to think about Vadik, but he is the. Uh, he is a a Russian protester, potentially a Russian terrorist, who's mm. in in London and is linked up with this extremist environmental group that is that that has gotten impatient with the pace of government action on climate change and is trying to take matters into their ho- own hands. Uh, and so uh, Vodick is in London uh, because he uh, he discovered an important secret that one of the um, uh, one of the Russian oligarchs, uh, one of the the, the super uh, wealthy uh, Russians uh, who control so much of the economy, uh, is is making a secret visit uh, to London during the WTO, and so Vodick sees an opportunity for them to to strike a blow against uh, these uh, not not only the uh, the climate uh, change resistors, but also against the uh, uh, the, the The super rich in russia um so uh, mm-hmm. this uh, this this Russian becomes the target um, uh, but again, the question is what's really going on
0: so who is Tati and why is she so important to so many people
1: uh, yeah and Badek, uh Badek comes to London during the WTO because of his yeah. wife. Uh, Tati, who is actually a uh, a Russian climate scientist and uh, has, has a wonderful background that she had spent several months at the uh, the Russian uh, um, research station at Vostok in antarctica and uh, she is, uh, uh, she was a fun character to create uh, this um, mm-hmm. uh, this this you know wonderful very attractive uh, Russian scientist uh, who uh, uh, who seems to you know find herself in a situation where everyone is uh, everyone is sort of looking for her and uh, and and uh, uh she's uh, she she's she's young and yet um and so she's you know she's a little surprised that she gets you know invited in such a, a prominent way to the uh, to the WTO and uh, uh uh and yet there's more to Tati than than meets the eye.
0: Now this is the part that I really love because I love the Beatles. I really love the Beatles. Well, my 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 mom did, so she made me listen. So, what is the reason for the connection to the Beatles and Lennon, and why is he so dangerous? And he's driving poor Jason crazy. So, if you don't know who the Beatles are, that's pretty sad. But even even kids today know who the Beatles are; they listen to them. So, what made you do that? I love the Beatles, seriously.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, um uh, again that, that's one of the fun things uh, about. The born novels, because I, I really do have a lot of fun with um, the, the villains, and uh, and so you know, in in the born evolution, my first born book last year, uh, I created a a, a deliciously evil uh, antagonist for born called Miss Shirley, and uh, yeah, uh, I loved <laughs> Yeah, Miss, Miss Shirley meets a a horrific end in that book, and uh, I you know I was tempted to keep her around, but it was so much more fun to do what I did to her, so. <laughs> Uh, so I needed a new antagonist for Born in uh, in in this book, and uh, and uh, you know what I was trying to do was echo what Lund, uh, what Loveland was doing uh, in in the early Born book, namely uh, the the essence of the Born identity is is um, the hunt for the assassin Carlos, and uh, and so I wanted to, to pay a little bit of a tribute to that essence, you know, of the Born novels by by bringing back the idea of the, the hunt for. Uh, this assassin, and that, that's driving you know a lot of what happens in in Bourne's life. And so, as I started thinking, well, what kind of assassin could I create that would would be you know an mm. interesting contrast to Carlos? Uh, I uh, I thought about this. Uh, this sort of shadowy assassin that that in some ways lives like Carlos. He's he's never staying in the same place twice, and and he's constantly moving around and and using. uh, He's sort of a a modern-day gig worker assassin Mm -hmm. in that he's always using temporary uh, employees to to work for him. He doesn't really have a fixed team. Uh, And and so, you know, I, I was thinking about the Russian ties, and I was thinking, of course, about Vladimir Lenin and I was thinking uh, well you know I think an assassin with ties to the Russians who's got a sense of humor might actually think about uh playing with that and so uh Lenin L E N I N became uh L E N N O N and I, I created an assassin um, who sort of ad- adopts the <clears throat> the name and and the persona of uh, of of John Lennon and uh, and uh and and so that just I think opened the door for this uh you know this really uh, wonderful, wonderful character. Uh, uh, it, it, Lennon was uh, was a great character to create, and and, uh, mm. and again, you can kind of have you can have fun with with villains uh, in in born uh, in, in a way I you know, wouldn't do in say my stride novels or my, my Frost Eastern novels. But um, uh, but Lennon I mean, I love. Lennon is, you know, he's, he's you know, torturing people to the soundtrack of The Beatles. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, he, he's able to sort of, um, you know, uh, kid Bourne and, and, uh, and, and uh, um, sort of mm. lord things over Bourne in a way that, you know, very few other characters uh, would be able to do. And I think that's part of what's important in, in a story like this is, you know, when you've got a, such a dynamic hero like Bourne, you, you can't just leave him, you know, again, invulnerable or a a superhero. Yeah, I mean, he's no. got to have weak he's gotta have weaknesses and flaws and, and fractures and failures. And and so, you know, but you know, the people around him can't necessarily uh you know, play that role. I mean ultimately Bourne's still gotta be kind of the, the, the primary hero of the of the story. And so I, I use Lennon um as kind of a this foil for, for Bourne that he's able to uh, poke some fun at Bourne in in ways that uh, uh, make Bourne more human. Um, and in fact, one of my favorite scenes in the book is when um, it's it's night in London and Bourne is is you know exhausted and they've just been through a a, a terrible circumstance and he's he's by the River uh, Thames in the middle of the night <clears throat> and and Lennon calls it. Lennon's actually standing on the opposite shore of the river mm. and. Uh, he um, he he says to uh, he says to Jason, you know, uh, uh, you should get some sleep. You look tired, Bourne. And uh, <laughs> and of course that 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 line is uh, is is um, borrowed from uh, from the Bourne movies. Uh, that's that's the last line of the Bourne Ultimatum, and that's what Bourne is telling uh um the cia operative that he's spying on at the end of the uh, end of the movie and so the fact that you know Bourne was was doing this in one of the movies i i thought it would be a lot of fun to sort of turn that around on Bourne in in the book and have somebody else uh, basically saying to him well yeah i'm I'm running you ragged here and you're you're looking pretty tired
0: <laughs> well on october 6th we're going to talk about villains on one of my panels going to talk about how do you how do you create the villain in your in your story to keep the villain to be more exciting sometimes than the protagonist that's one and on, and on i must have lost my mind on november 30th we're going to do one on how do you write the dark side of the character of the of the character your good character as opposed to the other ones so that that's going to be interesting too so tell us yeah, about holly fun. and dixon and why doesn't jason trust him trust them they're hiding yeah, information um, from him. We know that.
1: Yeah. H- Holly, is, uh, Holly is the Holly uh, is the the CIA agent who um yeah. uh, who organized the um uh, the attempted rescue of Kotov in in the prologue and, and it's Holly who brings Bourne back into to London to protect Clark Cafferty and uh, and uh, Dixon is the aide that sort of always is right there at, at Holly's side, um, and there's there's kind of some fun uh, backstory with uh, with with Holly Schultz who in the book is um, is is blind and and has a, a guide dog named Sugar, and uh, what's what's kind of fun about that is that um, uh, I. Uh, I work with an organization uh, uh, called Wishes and More, which is a Minnesota organization similar to uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation in, in, that, that helps uh, people kind of get their mm. last wishes. And, uh, and one of the things I've done for several years for Wishes and More is to um, have uh, folks uh, auction off the chance to, to, to be a character in one of my books. And so um, you know, whoever bids the most, uh, gets to be a character in the in the book, and uh, so the, uh, the the woman who won um, uh, was a woman named Holly Schultz, and, and she actually wanted um, she actually wanted her, her dog Sugar to be a character in one of the books, and so I uh, <laughs> I thought about how I thought about how I could do that, <clears throat> and uh, I, I I thought well actually this sounds like a lot of fun that um, you know that I could create uh, a, a character with Holly's name. Uh, and then also, you know, uh, you know, make her a, a a blind woman and use Sugar as as her guide dog. And so Holly and Sugar are, are are prime characters in in the books. And and Sugar, in fact, has you know has a very important role throughout the uh, throughout the novel. But uh, so people don't necessarily know that there's an interesting little backstory on on character names and, and Holly and Sugar if that's the, is the is part of that. But of course, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Bourne, again, he's very wary. Of, of you know what he's being told by Holly and, and her aide, Dixon, because, of course, he, is, he still doesn't know what really happened with Kotov in Tallinn, and uh, he, he is sure that there was some kind of intelligence leak, uh, that, that somebody leaked information about the evacuation to Lenin, and uh, he's very suspicious of whether that was coming out of, of Holly and Dixon's operation. So when he gets brought back in, Uh, by Holly and Dixon uh, uh, to protect Clark Caverty, right from the get-go, he is concerned that they are keeping things from him and that he's not being told the the reality Mm. of what's going on.
0: So then he learns that Clark is meeting with someone, but he's got the wrong security. That all gets screwed up, doesn't it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it, in the Bourne books, it's always layers within layers of conspiracy, and uh, and and the deeper Bourne goes into it, the more he realizes that Clark Cafferty's visit to London is is quite different from what uh, he was being told, and and uh, mm. uh, that changes everything in terms of uh, in terms of security as well. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Jason ends up being kind of a pawn himself in these. CIA games, um, which, uh, yeah, again, after, his, yeah, his lack of trust, but, um, I don't blame uh, him, but you
0: know, that, I don't trust anybody either. What,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, what, that's yeah. what, you know, gives you such fodder for, for interesting twists and turns. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's also, I think one of the things that you see that comes up a lot in, in the Bourne books is that there's sort of this, this, uh, hubris in, in the government that they, uh, they always know what's right, and they they make these plans, assuming that they can push the 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 chess pieces around the board, and they're in complete control. And typically, what they find is they're 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 in control of much much less than they think. And and then Bourne has to come in and kind of clean up the mess after them.
0: I'm looking at my questions. I don't my my spell check is really weird. So every time I delete something, it keeps it there. Every time I correct a word, it leaves it there incorrect. I mean, it's like unbelievable it's like I'm just reading that I just repeated like four questions I go like wait a minute how'd that happen So what is Lenin one clock And what happens when they realize he was taken That was scary And then the messenger comes and oh god
1: yeah, yeah. Well and and the the book is structured in um in in, in two parts and uh uh you, you, yeah. you think you're getting to the end you think you're getting to the end of part one and everything's going to sort of come together and then of course all of a sudden everything opens up again and uh and, and the, the the nature of the rescue operation changes fundamentally when you get into uh part two. Um so but you know the the, the lesson of it uh is uh again that uh uh, when you when you keep secrets from from Jason Bourne, you're actually more likely to have uh, uh, problems, and uh, and and Jason's got to uh, come in in the wake of that and uh, and and try to put things back together.
0: Okay, so when he goes to the conference and he meets, who does he meet, and how does he know that something is not right?
1: Well, that's that's you know that's the thing about uh, Bourne is is he goes into these things uh, uh, always looking for the hidden agenda and uh, as uh, uh, as he uh, as he's doing these things he finds himself being followed and uh, and and uh, <clears throat> a woman shows up constantly changing disguises but, but uh, um, follows him in Stockholm and then follows him in London and uh, he he soon discovers that. Uh, she has a connection to Lennon. And so it confirms that sort of Lennon is, is active and out there and, uh, and is is hunting for Cafferty just the way Bourne uh, is trying to protect
0: him. So wait a minute, here. What is Strawberry Fields Forever? What does that have to come into play for that? <laughs> ah, I what? got that. You see, I it, told you. you know, I, I get it all.
1: Yeah. I, I I uh, I again I, I love the idea that uh, that that Lenin sort of uses the the Beatles as a yeah. soundtrack for uh, for for the, 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 the evil things he does and uh, and so uh, having you know, having him manipulating someone with uh, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever playing in the background uh, I, I just I, I love sort of the, uh, the, the the sort of gruesome irony of that and it was fun because that scene that in which this appears, uh, I, as I was writing that scene, I, I actually mm-hmm. was—I had Strawberry Fields Forever on on repeat on my <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> so the whole the whole time I'm writing the scene, I'm actually listening to Strawberry Fields Forever in, in my head. So it, it really uh, it it made for a, 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 a kind of a a, a a torture session for me of of over and over hearing the song. So I, I was it it really made it made it a lot of fun to actually create the scene when I was sort of setting the stage for myself at the same time.
0: You should have the Beatles song come back in the next one. Are you going to bring them back, that that motif? That is great, especially Let It Be and All I Want Is Love and all the rest of it. Maybe you should bring Paul back in the next one. That would be cool. <laughs> so how did you create the locations for the murders, and how did your creativity come into play? Because these murders were really different, let me tell you, people. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, it's uh, – uh... The, the Ludlum's books often, you know, featured you know international settings, and uh, and and so I I like to be able to you know incorporate yeah. those things into 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 these books as well, and uh, and so and typically you know what I try to do as often as possible is to be using locations you know that I've actually visited because I think if you know the location personally it, it gives you you know that uh-huh. much more authenticity uh, and frankly I was writing this book in you know in the midst of COVID and so I wasn't going anywhere because nobody was going anywhere uh, last year um, so yeah, I it know was, it was very it was very useful to be able to you know to depict locations that I was I was quite familiar with and so I, I made a deliberate decision that a lot of the book was going to be based in England um, and in London and then in, in, in you know, outline parts of, of the countryside. And, uh, uh, and and part of that was uh, I, I, I know London very well, and, and part of it was that mm. um, it's my favorite city in the world, and there's such wonderful opportunities for, for drama and interesting locales. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, I love being able to, to use Highgate Cemetery, and, and I take Bourne up to uh, – the ruins of the uh, of the Abbey in Whitby, which is also uh, yeah, that where was Dracula, where Dracula came ashore in in Bram yeah. Stoker's novel, and uh, uh, and uh, and so yeah, I, I was I was using locations that that had a lot of uh, romance and uh, and and excitement to them, uh, and uh, and uh, and and then you know throwing in some additional locations quite different. You know, I, I have obviously the scene at the beginning set you know, in, uh, in the walled city of Tallinn in Estonia. And I used uh, uh, Stockholm, uh, Stockholm I visited, uh, once and, and went to a museum where they, a wonderful museum where they have the, the, the Vasa, the remains of the Vasa, uh, Swedish warship, which, um, mm. uh, was a sen- centuries old warship that, that literally sank on its maiden voyage. Not, not exactly a, a great, uh, a, a, a great, you know, advertisement for the, the Swedish Navy at that time. Uh, but, uh, uh, a, a few decades ago, they uh, they they actually raised the Vasa, uh, and uh, and they now have uh, the the ship in a museum in uh, Stockholm, and and you can actually see it's it's just extraordinary how they they were able to you know retrieve it and keep it in such you know beautiful pristine condition, um, and so it, I, I I like using real interesting places like that as as backdrops mm. for the scenes of, of my books, and so I have. You know, born meeting a um, a scientist who is working on the, the the remains of the Vasa, who also happens to be a a, a social psychologist that has has been helping Interpol on uh, trying to find Lenin. So uh, so yeah, using using those kind of settings, I, I I always like to find places that that many people will be familiar with, and even if they're not, that have a real interesting romantic dramatic quality, and and use that as the background for what's happening in the book.
0: Well, all I know is that I haven't been anywhere in two years, so I got to visit them when I read your book. I got to go exactly. nowhere. Exactly, you know
1: that. That's, yeah, and that nowhere. The
0: yeah, like know, nowhere because.
1: Uh, yeah. No, we haven't. Uh, we haven't gone anywhere either. I mean, I, we we literally haven't. Uh, we we haven't been yeah. anywhere outside our house. In fact, I don't think we've been to a to a restaurant yeah. since like March of 2020. Uh, so uh,
0: yeah, it's uh, but
1: that, you know books can take you anywhere, and that's what's fun is is you know people can you know can can experience these places vicariously uh, through the books, and uh, you know and I do that in all of my novels. I mean, I I, I most of I the time Shrides. I'm using real places. Yeah, so you try you know, you can you can literally follow along uh, in all of the Stride novels in, in locations mm-hmm. up in Duluth. And, uh, and so you can, you know, these are real places and, and definitely real weather that you find up in northern Minnesota. And, uh, and so, uh, again, that, that adds the authenticity for people that know the area in northern Minnesota. They yeah. can go, oh, yeah, I know exactly where that is. And for people that don't know the area, uh, it, it brings it to life for them, and, and uh, they, they can actually go and find these places online and go, oh, yeah, that's, that's that location right there.
0: Well sometimes I actually do that. I look for the place online so I can see what it looks like so I know what I'm never gonna see. So sad.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I you know, I get a lot of I get yeah. a lot of readers who write to me about that and uh and, and you know, talk about the fact that they're going out on on, on Google Earth and 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 looking up the locations. Uh, of course, it, yeah. You know, every now and then I I throw them a curveball because I, I I've written you know a few novels where the the locations are are fictional. Uh, in in Still Blood, I, I created two fictional towns, and in the Deep Deep Snow, I I create. Uh, middle county which is a, a fictional place it's inspired by the upper peninsula of michigan but it's it, yeah. you know all fictionalized in the book and and so i i had some readers asking me well where actually is this i'm, I'm going online i can't find these places and I, I i had to tell them yeah this this time around I, I threw you a curveball i fictionalized the terrain so every now and then i i do that but but most of the time i'm i'm using real places
0: well before i forget because my mind is whatever. <laughs> My, I'm not doing anything next week. I'm taking the week off because it's holiday, and it's my birthday. We won't say where or why, but it is. Um, the 13th, I have Redemption. The 14th, Deb Pines, The Plague Among Us. The 21st, Nancy Allen, who wrote Jailhouse Lawyer and Power of Attorney with James Patterson. She's going to reveal all. The 23rd, I'm doing a panel show with Vincent Dandry and several other people. How do you write the middle of the book so Fran doesn't fall asleep while she's reading it? That's for real. The 27th, psychotherapist Daniel uh, Dan- Dennis Palumbo will be here. We're going to talk about his book Panic Attack. On October 7th, we're going to actually do a show on panic attacks. On the tw- 29th, I have another author, Deb's, and when the 30th, Trinity House Entertainment will be there with their new music. That should be interesting. The 29th is the ninth session, so. Who is Rollins and where is he?
1: Ah, yes. Let we 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 can't uh, we we can't uh, not talk about Nash Rollins. Nash and, Rollins, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we first meet. Nash Rollins uh actually all the way back in the prologue of The Born Evolution and uh, um you know I I again when I was creating or rebooting the Born series <clears throat> I really wanted to, to sort of pay tribute um you know to Lovelam and and, uh, and and what he was doing in the Born novels and and of course so many of the uh, the the Treadstone characters uh that um that Lovelam created uh, <laughs> did not survive the series so uh <laughs> i had to uh I had to sort of uh you know decide to create some new uh treadstone folks uh, and and nash rollins is is a is a great example of of a character mm-hmm. that um, you know thinks that thinks he knows um one thing and then begins to discover that. Uh, but the world is a very different place, and you know, I mean, he's kind of, he's a long-standing intelligence operative. He's, he's cynical. Uh, he's 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 unattached and and do, and very deliberately so because he doesn't want to create any give any, give his opponents any kind of leverage over him. Um, and and yet he's in the born Evolution. He he's willing to believe. The worst about Bourne, an agent he has worked with for years, uh, and and has to has to gradually begin to discover that mm-hmm. uh, what what he thought was going on with Bourne is, is in fact not the case. Uh, and so I bring Nash back in the Bourne Treachery, and uh, uh, and mm-hmm. and again he's, he's he's Treadstone, and and so he's he's giving Jason an assignment, uh, and he's the one that you know brings him in and hooks him up again with with Holly mm-hmm. uh, and Dixon regarding. Uh, clark cafferty um but uh, uh but you know nash nash is is kind of the ultimate company man i mean he's doing what people tell him to do and and yet uh he he hears from Bourne that uh you know that he born doesn't think what's happening is what they what they're telling him and so uh
0: mm-hmm. nash
1: finds himself equally sort of being manipulated uh in the same way that uh, that, that jason is and uh, I enjoy I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Nash as a character because he's kind of he, he's his hmm. relationship with, with Bourne is rather complicated. I mean, on one hand, yeah, uh, they they are allies, and yet on the other hand, um, you know, Bourne doesn't really trust him, and and, uh, and and you know has been sort of betrayed by Rollins in the past, and uh, uh, and, and Rollins, who who always is trying to sort of you know do what uh, what the orders are. Uh, big, you know, often sees that, that Jason has kind of a clearer eye on what's really happening than he does. So uh, th- I, I, I really like that sort of, um, you know, combative relationship between them, and uh, it, it makes for kind of a, a good centerpiece of, uh, of, of the, new, the newly rebooted Born series.
0: Well, who is, what is the Gaia group? What are they supposed to I, be doing? Who are they? I know yeah, I'm moving out the questions the, about the person that they're not going to know I, about.
1: I, yes, I, I, I note that, and I, I think that's
0: I think that's the way to
1: go. Um, you know, Gaia, yeah. Well, and again, as I said, it. what I like to do is um, find things that, uh, that that, readers will go Oh yeah, that could be happening in real life right now, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, Gaia, the Gaia group is the, the name of this extremist environmental uh, terrorist organization, yeah. and uh, they are they are the ones that that are looking at the issue of climate change and are trying to. Uh, deal with it in an extreme way. And their extreme way is 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 if we target the people that are involved in the, the dirty energy operations, um, then uh, if they don't feel safe anymore, then they'll 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 get out of it and they'll sort of rob the the energy industry of their their intellectual property and and uh, and their executives and their sense of safety. Uh, and so. Um, and that's one of those things where uh, it. I think people look at the sort of state of the world and think, yeah, I I could see mm. exactly that kind of thing happening. That that people, you know, that that, that extremists could get so passionate about a cause that they mm. start, you know, taking the fight in a in a in a violent and and unproductive direction. And so that uh, Gaia uh, becomes kind of the. Uh, uh, the, 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 the centerpiece of what's going on in, in London and the WTO. And obviously people who read about WTO meetings, you know, are, are used to the idea that there's always protests and riots and violence surrounding these meetings. So this simply takes it in a, in a sort of – it takes what 40 is happening and, and ramps it up to, uh, to level 10. Uh, but, you know, there too you have to ask, you know, this is a Jason Bourne novel, so are the folks in, in, mm. in, in Gaia also being manipulated?
0: Now I have three questions that I'm going to ask at the same time. No, four, actually. Okay. <laughs> Tati gets involved at this point with Kotop. How does Jason react about what really happens to Kotop without saying what it is? And how does that create danger for Nash? And why was he protected for so long? That's all i will say about that without giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good. Well, you know, I'm just sitting here uh, saying, um, okay, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I I really I, I um I, I spend a lot of time on Tati's role within the novel and the fact that, that um she's um she she's important in, in a in a variety of ways. I mean, on one hand she's um you know, a, a significant Russian climate scientist and and uh, and consequently uh she her you know her husband vodik ends up with ties to, to the Gaia organization and and she also has some ties to the Russian Silaviki uh from from her family and uh, and so as a result she knows things uh and hears things about what's going on in among the Russian oligarchs that are useful to extremist organizations um uh and uh, and and uh, one of the one of the fun things about the book is how gradually we see that that Poppy has a very important role to play, and like uh, and, and ultimately, and ultimately in some ways she becomes even more important uh, as a as a person to protect than um, than Clark Cafferty is, and uh, and I also like the way the relationship between Born and and Poppy develops in the book as well, and. Uh, uh, and and how they kind of relate to each other. Um, so and it, it also makes for some wonderful wonderful action scenes as you get into uh, into the second half of the book.
0: I know this this is told in parts. So when Lennon and Jason have a final confrontation, how does how does he get blindsided and somebody else blindsides him too? But we won't say who. Oh. I trashed out the words Yeah Again. yeah yeah. Well, I'm getting good you know, that, at this our out fun. words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why we call it the Bourne treachery because uh, yeah, uh, uh born is born is always getting uh, uh blindsided uh, by things that he wasn't aware was was happening and and uh, he 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 certainly you know for someone that does not trust anyone he, he learns that he has ample reason not uh not, not to trust uh because he he seems like he's always being betrayed. Uh, by people closest to him, um, and you know the the the, the denouement of this uh, of this book and all of the the, the revelations uh, that come out as a result of it. I spent a lot of time thinking about how to you know how to kind of make this work, uh, and and what was really going on in Bourne's life. Because one of the one of the uh, the the ultimate questions about you know the Bourne series is is you know what was. What was the background? What, what's missing from Jason's past? And um, you know, in my mind, that leaves a lot of interesting territory to explore for the future. Is that uh, there are interesting secrets in in Jason's past beyond the things that had been going on in the in the Ludlum series? And so, I um, I wanted to be able to kind of. Uh, open the door for some things going in the in the future and where we might go in in, in future books uh, and so there are there are some definitely some shocks waiting for um, for Jason you know along the way in this book and uh, and uh, those um, those things sort of have him questioning uh, his whole past and of course it's it's hard to, to to question your past when you're someone that has no memory of your past because you can't really be sure yeah. whether what you're being told is the truth.
0: I don't believe anything that he tells. You can't even say the truth. But then again, I don't ever believe anybody anyway, so that's just it. I have to check it out for myself. So I want to know something and if I'm not sure I'm gonna hound you until I find out the truth. So when Lennon reveals something that shocks Jason, how does he process it and does he believe him or not?
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, Jason, uh, you know, some people always say that the the lesson of, of you know politics is is trust but verify, yeah. um, and uh, I think uh, uh, I think Jason would say uh, that the lesson is uh, uh, don't trust and find the truth. Um, and yeah. uh, and so I think what you what you see with with Bourne is that um, he takes nothing he's told at face value, uh, and uh, if somebody's telling you something, he's, he's He's going to assume that there may be other agendas at play, particularly when it's if somebody connected to the government and uh, uh, and so um, I, I think what you what you find in this book and, and what I was trying to do is is sort of <clears throat> create this this stress fracture between Born and Treadstone. I mean, in, in reading yeah. the series. Um, you know, you you, uh, you you have to kind of lay new groundwork for, for the, the future of the books, and so you, we start with, um, you know, we start in the Born Evolution with, with Bourne Born on the outs from Treadstone because of uh, uh, because of something that, that happens to Nova, uh, and uh, uh, and and yet ultimately, you know, Born and, and Treadstone sort of make up a little bit, such that in the Born Treachery, Bourne is still really kind of a Treadstone operative. Um, and yet, you know, I, I always feel like that's a relationship that's never going to, to you know, be completely secure. And so um, the, mm-hmm. the issue, I think, for Bourne going forward is, um, you know, does he actually work for Treadstone or, or is he kind of uh, uh, on his own now and, uh, and, and does he, yeah. you know, sort of have to make his decisions for himself?
0: So where does that leave him at the end, and what does he want for the future, and is that mean letting done with him, you can bring him back? <laughs> That's my uh, question Yeah, well, you know, the, I'm
1: I'm I'm shortly I've, I've already got the plot done for the third Jason Bourne novel, oh, which will be called the Bourne the Bourne Sacrifice. Uh, that should be out oh, nice. next August, so less 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 than a year, which means I I got to get cranking and get the book finished. Uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I you know I. Um, I always write the books so that you can dive in anywhere. I mean, you can read The Born Treachery without having read yeah. The Born Evolution, but it's also fun to you know, to start at the beginning now that now that the series has been rebooted and and really get to know the new iteration of Jason Bourne. Um, <clears throat> but I always leave sort of clues um, and and uh, uh, little um, little 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 Easter eggs that I can pluck out uh, in, in future books, and so there are certainly things. In the first couple of books that um, uh, that I'm I'm going to be sort of taking taking out and and peeling away and exploring in the born sacrifice. So will you meet people you have met in the first couple of books? Mm. Uh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. So who but is coming the, back? Will all of the answers be be resolved? Well, I can't promise
0: that. <laughs> We're going to bring a mysterious person back too. Can't say who uh, well,
1: well, there, there Let's. Uh, there will be. There will be people you have met before uh, that you will be anxious okay. to see again, and and you will you will meet them in the boring sacrifice.
0: <laughs> that's very good because I think Jason Boy needs to have some more fun, you know, in private. Poor things he's got so much going for him. What can I say? So, what's next for my Jonathan Stride? What's he up to? Yeah, and don't get you can't kill off Serena because I love her.
1: No, no, Look no at. Heaven, heaven forbid. Yeah, twenty twenty two is going to be a very busy, uh, a very busy year for me. I, I'm actually going to have um, uh, four book launches during the course of twenty twenty two. Oh, so, nice! Uh, You're bringing oh're gonna I was going to say we're going to we're going to be well. I, I, stay tuned on Frost, but not not next year. But um, but uh, it's it's going to be a busy busy year. We're going to spend a lot of time chatting because uh, February first. Oh, good. Uh, my follow-up novel to The Deep, Deep Snow, which is called The Ursulina, uh, and The Ursulina is what people in Black Wolf County call this mythical beast that other people call – When is it, is it coming that out shot. so I can put you, in, you in my
0: schedule? Because sch- You wouldn't Be- believe February, this. February 1 is
1: when The Ursulina comes out in, in paperback and ebook. It February 1, so I'm
0: going to have to put you yep. in because I already have February. Do, would you believe –
1: I have it's uh, that is February well, it's that already? Far, it's not that it's not that far away anymore. Uh, but the Ursulina is already available as uh, as an Audible original in audio. I saw that. So paperback and e ebook versions will be coming out in February. This is it, it's it's kind of a follow up novel, kind of a prequel, and yet kind mm. of a standalone in relation to the Deep Deep Snow. I, I love the Ursulina. It's a very very intense mm. emotional. A mystery. Um, so that'll be coming out on February 1st. Uh, Jason Bourne uh, will be back in the Bourne Sacrifice uh, over the summer next summer, and then two books in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm wrapping up a standalone novel called Girl of My Dreams uh, right now. In fact, I'm in the home stretch of that book uh, uh, right now. Uh, so that will be coming out uh, in fall of 2022, and and also in fall of 2022. Uh, Jonathan Stride uh, will be back in the Zero Night, and uh, it's uh, um, it follows on the you know in the heels of my last Stride novel, Funeral for a Friend, which came out last year. And uh, mm. uh, I'm I'm really excited about the Zero Night. Uh, you know, the editor uh, thinks it's stunning, loves it, uh, and so uh, I think everybody everybody who is longing for more Stride will be very happy to uh, have the chance to see Stride and Maggie and Serena again, particularly after. Uh, the the events of funeral for a friend which put stride in some rather yeah. dangerous circumstances.
0: Well, I have David Putnam on February first. Everybody, the sinister. So, let me know if you could do. Um, where am my calendar? I'm, I can't believe this. I, I'm, I'm, only, I'm I'm just about done with December. I have one more date left. It's ridiculous. I could do February third or February or February ninth. If you want well, to shoot send me an email, we'll, we'll, we will get something on the calendars. Okay, I will let you know. I'm losing, I can't believe all all of this. So, um, well, you know what's next for you. So where can everybody learn about all of your books? Because are you going to bring Forrest Easton back, I hope? Eventually,
1: I, I'm 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 working on it. I'm I'm working on it. I'm I'm you know we'll, I'll be negotiating with my Thomas and Mercer publisher because uh, yeah, I really want to get back and, okay. and find out what happens next with Frost because and and certainly I know readers are are extremely anxious. They're asking the for the it. Booker I know. Street. I see that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, you can find me uh, kind of everywhere online. You can go to my website, which is bfreemanbooks.com. dot com. That's one word, b freemanbooks.com and that includes uh, a listing of, of all of my books, descriptions of them, links to buy them you know, online, uh, all sorts of good stuff about, uh, about the books. You can find me as well uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, it's B Freeman, uh, sorry, it's facebook.com. Slash B Freeman fans, uh, Facebook slash B Freeman fans, and then you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram under the handle B Freeman books. So everywhere you go, you can find me. You can also shoot me emails. Um, uh, the e- there's an email link in all of my books in the acknowledgments section, so you can send me emails. Let me know how you like the books. I love to hear from readers. I love to connect with them online. So uh, share your thoughts with me. Get in touch with me. Uh, that's always a that, that's always one of the, the most fun parts of Uh, Being an author is just hearing how your books kind of shape the lives of readers.
0: Well, you don't want to know what I had this morning. Well, my five stars are on the air for your book. My book is called Population Zero. It was supposed to be called The World Without People. Stories about the end of the world, but people got it all wrong. I was walking in the street one day, and I'm saying, and before we had to wear these horrible masks, I'm saying, why isn't everybody looking at the beautiful sun and the trees and all of it? What would happen? If I took it all away so What happened if the world had no sun But what happened if the world was filled with darkness Or in a forest that was decayed I created worlds and I invited a dead person To come back and experience it Had nothing to do with the pandemic Everybody thought I did. It did So I've been getting some really nasty reviews Like how come you didn't do research into the weather Because I made it up I made it all up And I thought it was absolutely brilliant But it's only 76 pages So I'm getting penalized What can I tell you And one one person said, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because that's not what it was about. So what can I say? I read your reviews online, and my five stars are there, so don't worry about it, people. Just read my review. You'll you'll get the point to read the book. (laughs) Don't worry about that. And one thing that I always say at the end of the show, first of all, I truly hope that the people of Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas, and everywhere that has IDA, we have IDA now, I hope you're okay, and I hope to settle, and I hope nobody else dies in this horrible, horrific thing. And the people of Afghanistan, we're sending you our prayers, and hopefully someday those miserable people will disappear. But also, everyone, it's the pandemic is here. Someday it's going to disappear, but if you go out, wear a mask. Please be careful. And, Brian, thank you so much. And I'll send you some dates for February that might work. you let me know. I can't wait to read it. Everybody have a great Thanks. day, and bye.